All right, all right, I can do this. I'm gonna rev myself up. Do, 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 This is The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We are your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. This week on The Mud Peddlers, we're, um, we're doing something kind of, uh, uh, we're intense. Just, we're talking about, yeah, it's, we're a little, ta- it's a little bit deep. It's deep. A little bit deep. A little bit deep. We're talking about finances. We're talking about finances, and we're talking about finances because over the years of, of doing this, there's been a couple times that people have reached out to me and kind of intimated that like, oh, the, like, the reason that you're able to like do this full time is because you're like really organized and you're like, you're doing things. And I'm like, bro, no. that is not the case. Like, I wish that was the case, but no, there's a lot of, there's, That's and true. there's like other folks who have also asked like, oh, how do you do like, essentially, how do you do what you do? And I think yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into that that's not exactly related to ceramics. Yes, 100%. And, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Like, we're, we're going to be discussing in various levels of detail, like, our incomes, our income sources, how we navigate housing, healthcare, retirement, and, like, savings. So, uh, we're... If at all. If at all. In this late-stage capitalist late nightmare. Late-stage capitalism. Kind of lit if it's done right. We're not doing it right. We're, I don't think late-stage capitalism not, is ever lit. No, unless it's supposed to be a trickle-down system. It's a keep all the shit in for us and nobody yeah. else gets a system. Yeah. It's supposed to be if you have more, the people below you also get more, and that's not what's happening. That is not what's happening. So, yeah. So, we're gonna... We're gonna... Let's dive right in. I'm very nervous. Why are you so nervous? I don't know. Because it's like... Okay. So, like, for real, the reason that, like, this is a very nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking topic for me is because, like, it taps into a lot of that, like, imposter syndrome stuff. Oh. Because, like, when I when I tell y'all how much I actually make, it ain't Like... Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, I... Like, I'm able to do what I do, yes, and I wouldn't consider myself a starving artist. Yeah. But that's because I have... There's a lot of other things that have like privileges that I was born into and then just circumstances in my life that make it so that I'm not a starving artist. Right. And and I, and like I also don't want to like downplay the work that I've put into my career because it's like, yeah, I do work really hard and I I wouldn't be where I am without that hard work, yeah. but there's also a ton of privilege and and other circumstances that make it so that I am where I am and where like to some degree, like where you are, where you are yeah, too. A hundred percent for so, me. I got into very lucky circumstances because the person I got with was kind of like set and she was like, just marry me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then she, <laughs> now I'm in a house. You know, like, I can't put a kiln in an apartment really. Yeah, yeah, They don't yeah. let you. So, you know, that's kind of how that started there. Yeah. But um, just just to start out, let me, let mm-hmm. me go over some of my finances, right? So okay. like how much it takes me to make pottery is dependent on how much clay costs per month. Mm-hmm. And then it depends. I'm assuming this is after classes and studio fees. So if you go to a studio to get your stuff fired, you have to include those in. Yes. I don't yes. include those in because every time I fire my kiln, it's about $10. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's only because I have the machine that tells me how much it is. Right. So I know how right. much it is for my electricity. But if we're getting, 
if we're getting serious, since I do my work out of my garage, the studio costs for me are as much as my rent slash mortgage. Mm-hmm. Because you're essentially able to say, like... Because there's something, there's something that has to do with, like, if you have a dedicated space yes. for your work that allows you to essentially list, like, your... I think you can either put your full rent or it's, like, a percentage of your... of, like, the overall space within your house. Again, I'm... And to preface, we are not tax lawyers. Like, oh. everything we're discussing is 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 from our own personal experiences and is not to be taken as legal advice. So just want to put that out there. My tax guy asks me how much my mortgage is. I tell him, and then he says, where do you run your mm-hmm. quote-unquote business out of? And then I go, my garage. And he mm-hmm. goes, is your garage attached to your house? And I go, it is. He goes, so it looks like you pay about $2,000 a month for your garage. Yes. That's how. That's what that looks like to me, a tax person legally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I go, yes, sir. And he goes, okay, good. Yep. And like, that's that. That's yeah. what that is, right? Yeah. But um, I don't have to pay for space in a studio because I have my own studio space in my garage that I built over time. Mm-hmm. Gets a little better every single year. Cleaner, you know, things like that, a little more safe. Yeah. Or since you talk about your, like, not having to pay studio fees because of you're able to work from ho- from your house, do you want to, like, share a little bit like how you got into that situation and like how how you and able manager like finances that way oh i got with a white woman <laughs> uh yeah and she's she's one of the cat ones mm, yes and so she has a house to keep the cats <laughs> well she she has a or before before um becoming a a, a full-time parent mm. she uh used to work at a lab right so so yes. her job had a decent amount of income, right? Her parents did pay for her to go to school and she did get a degree off of it, yes. Nice. Yes, and so her degree allowed her to get a job that pays her more than clearly what minimum wage would be. Right. She, in fact, made as much money as I do now, but I have to do three or four different jobs to make that amount of money. Right. So she just, like, went to work, came home, and made that amount of money, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. when I got home from my 9 to 5 job, I had to do, like, an hour of video editing and, like, an hour of pottery. Yeah. And then I have to make less. Now I have to make lesson plans for my class. Yeah. And that's, like, two or three hours. So it's it's definitely worth it to have a degree, but I will say she did not get a job in the sector that she was in. So I just want to put this out there. This oh, is okay. This is a side point. Almost everyone who has a degree that I know of never gets a job in their chosen degree. Oh. They just go, I have a degree, and the, the bank is like, Okay, well, you could be a banker. And yeah. they're like, but I'm a biologist or a psychiatrist. And they're like, do you want the job or not? Uh, and then they're a bank teller. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the, most of the people I know. That's that's fair. That's yeah. very fair. I like that. Um, so, you, so you had been, when you guys bought the house, it was, so Abel had been working at, in, in her field, mm-hmm. you were building your ceramics career and also working full time at your nine to five or not really nine to five at your nine to five. We could say nine. I call it a nine to five, but that's cause I work regular hours. Yeah. It's not actually from nine to five. PM. Yes. Yes. Are we allowed to say what industry you work in? I, they know I'm a chef. Oh, they knew you're a chef. Okay. Okay. Okay, chef. okay. Good. I couldn't, re- I couldn't remember. I can so, cook. That's why I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> you beefy. I am beefy. I'm definitely muscular. And fat. <laughs> I'm a dough boy for sure. Dough boy. Yeah. So you had been working full-time like 40 plus hours right easily i actually tune that down because and this is going to go into it later is mm-hmm. that i used to pay for health insurance through my job oh, okay and it was like 80 bucks a paycheck okay uh and then one day they raised it to like 140 a paycheck oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like i can't yeah and that's a lot yeah uh and they said well just get on covered california covered california in fact is very minimal right so i technically got paid more money 
to take one day off of week, uh, one day off of work per week, right? And not get health coverage through my job, but instead through Covered California because mm-hmm. I live here. Yeah. So that being yes. part of my finances is very like. I get covered California, and that takes care of my health benefits. Yes, which yes. Is and I think we can go into that a little bit more detail, too, when we, like, yeah. get there as well. I kind of, like, for the sake of my brain and, like, making sure that we get through everything, yeah. I kind of want to, like, do, like, this is our segment on housing. This is our segment on oh, health sure, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So then it was you, your income, Abel's income. You didn't have a kid at that time. And then her... Mother. Her, her late mom. mother. Okay, so there were... And she... What sect, What job, what did she do for a living? She was a teacher, and she taught in a very low-income area. Okay. Um, she specifically chose a field in which, like, it's, it's hard to say without sounding disrespectful, but, like, she chose a place to teach in which there are a lot of immigrants. And, like, a lot of her kids did not speak English. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just, like, one type of person. It was, she had, like, multiple people who didn't speak English. Like, she chose the lowest systematic class of person to teach and because of that they got subsidized by the government a lot nice so she got paid pretty well for what she did that's good that's good because yeah. yeah it's like if it, given the way our society is structured it's yeah. not exactly uh or it rather actively makes life more difficult for those people yeah she um, she tried really hard to make a difference in those kids lives to be honest yeah. like yeah that's awesome but i will say every day she came home and talked about how the parents aren't doing anything so it starts with y'all <laughs> <laughs> on god it's uh it's there's a there's a lot of different factors that go there's into it a parenting lot of is factors, yeah. parenting is definitely a part of that there's a lot of different factors and they're all generational baby mm-hmm. well not all of them but a lot a lot of them are generational a lot of them are generational yeah yeah because yeah. you're not the parent who's like we're not doing this anymore then your kid has to now do that yeah well that also is easier to do if you're in a society that gives you those options very true so very true the yeah. socioeconomic ladder has been favorable to one type of person for a long time mm-hmm wonder who that could be i don't know huh we uh, mm, yeah. read a couple history it's books a, it might show it's a great mystery it's a mystery yeah anyway and they all do pottery yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> okay so so you had three three separate incomes yeah going into buying the house. Yes. Which was almost not enough, to be honest. Right. Because we live in California. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you and Abel were married at this point? No, we weren't married at this point. We got married on, like, her third month of pregnancy. Okay. Just because, evidently, there was something legal with our child. They were like, if yeah. they're born out of wedlock, then something, something, something. And we were like, well, we don't really care for getting married. And then one of our friends were like, your taxes are up. Mm-hmm. If you get, I mean, up if you get married I'm uh, just meaning you know. better but like you get money for getting and i was like well if the state wants to know who i'm sleeping with and they give me money for doing it i guess yeah which is what that is <laughs> yeah so. low-key not that you have to be yeah anyway it's it's i'm very yeah. i'm very anti-marriage but they make it like they incentivize marriage essentially yeah. yeah uh yeah the punishment mechanic is also deep but like, <laughs> they incentivize the crap out of having kids Okay, so you guys hadn't been married. Who secured the loan for the house? Her mother. Okay. Yeah, we actually just figured that all out because we went to the paperwork. Right. Yeah, right. but the house is, the the house is, kind of a gate gateway to talk about because realistically speaking, if you're doing pottery, you essentially live in a house, have someone else's house to put your kiln and your equipment, mm-hmm. or you're going to a studio. There's very, very, very few of you who have a kiln in your apartment. Yeah. And if you do, it's not. Like or, a kiln. It's like a tester kiln that yeah. you plug into the wall. Or you end up in a situation like me where, like, 
my I have the studio is the converted garage in my mom's house, but right. my mom rents the the house. Right. So. Cause she, it, it's so funny. I feel like we're doing like an Icelandic saga. We're going back all through the family histories and what we all, what we all are and what we do. But so my mom is a professor at, or an adjunct professor at Sac State. And she rents this house and she just recently started getting social security. So that, that helps. And, but we again, really lucked out because the house that we're in is below or the house rather because i don't live here just for in case listeners don't know uh, i live with my partner and another very that's a whole that's kind of another thing i'll go i'll go into that in a second but basically so the apartment or the uh, house that my mom rents is she rents it at like below market rates so that in general is really good for just like our family in general Mm -hmm. and then we also were lucky enough that our the landlady didn't care that we put in the electrical to like be able to run the kiln. Okay. And didn't mind that we like added storage space in the garage. So it's like mm-hmm. we ended up in that weird space where we don't own our home, mm-hmm. but I don't have to go to a studio to produce work. Right. And, and this is also not an apartment whatsoever. Yeah, no no no. It's like it's a house. Yeah. It's, which it's which it's is a, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, that's kind of the that's kind of the gateway is that like if you want to own your own kiln you almost have to not be a homeowner, but have to rent or have a house. Yeah. Essentially, which is, you know, mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Right, right now, it's really, really hard. It is really hard, yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, you have to have money for glazes, especially if you're not already making money off of pottery. And then you have to have money for clay and the materials, and you have to cleaning supplies and things of that nature, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hopefully you're not sweeping in your studio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I do, but you should. Yeah, then, I um, do too, but you should. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I you, actually, you I, I normally, I'm better now about wearing a mask. I could put on my N95 from the, you know, from the pandemic years, basically, to, to make that a little bit better if I do sweep, but... I have a good OSHA mask, but I only essentially wear it when I'm making, like, large batches of glazes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if I'm making small batches, I'm putting the fan behind me and just, like, going to let it blow. Yeah, yeah. It's not not so bad. It's not so bad. Yeah. Going back to the housing thing a little bit, the other thing that makes my life easier is that the apartment that Cody and I are in is, like, way, way below market rate. Like, we, we live in a... I don't know. It's like, I mean, you've been to the apartment, right? Yeah, like it's maybe what, 500 square feet, if that? It's not that big. Yeah, it's pretty, it's small, but. You go there to sleep and shower and yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's not like that. It's yeah. not like that small. It's not like, oh yeah, I only go there to sleep and shower. Like it, yeah. it feels big enough. It honestly kind of reminds me of like when, you know, when you see videos of uh, like apartments in Japan, like it has that kind of like small feel to it, but it's. It's great for Cody and I. I mean, like, honestly, our biggest issue is that we're running out of space for cosplay stuff. But we only pay 708 in rent. And that water is covered. We still have to pay, uh, like, SMUD and PG&E or, you know, like, electricity and gas and stuff. Yeah. But in terms of the rent itself, like, se- just over 700 is, like, crazy cheap. Does somebody listening to this right now? Like, that's a lot Ye- of money. We we do have to remember, not mm-hmm. only do we live in California. Yeah. We live near the capital. And if you go down the street from this street right here, mm-hmm. there's the, th- the, we call them like the Fab 40s. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. The Fab 40s, that's more like East Sac, but yeah. They're like where Arnold Schwarzenegger used to live. Yeah. They are some of the most expensive houses in the nation other than like upper class, like Elon Musk type people houses. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like. In terms of neighborhoods. Yeah, in terms of well, neighborhoods. Well, like, yeah, these uh, are yeah. like houses that are probably easily worth like $2 million. Yeah. You know when you, uh, you ever see uh, The Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah. You know when you go to like district... Zero, one, oh, two, you know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is easily District 3. Easily. 
Yeah. Maybe two if you go to our yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I've never seen a District <laughs> 1 place. But, like, the the kind of messed up thing is that you have to be, like, above District 5 to have a kiln. <laughs> to have a kiln in your house, you have to have a house first. And that's mm-hmm. that's a major gate gateway. That's a major, like, you need... It's like having a car before you have a job. Yeah. You need a job to buy a car. Right, It's right, one right. of those. Yeah. yeah, actually, speaking of which, that's another thing that, like, in terms of putting together my financial picture, that's actually something that has also made my financial picture less stressed, is that I don't actually own a car. And admittedly, I also don't have a license, which isn't good, because I am, uh, I'm very much going the way of Sir David Attenborough, because that man, as old as he is, still does not have his driver's license, which makes me happy. I'm like, all right, I'm not just, uh, you know, perpetually putting things off. I'm like Sir David Attenborough. Can I just say? Yeah. Cars. Yeah. Cars suck. Yeah, they do. And they're expensive. And I'm really glad, like, I, again, when I've thought about, like, and, and that's the other thing, too, like, again, talking about, like, privilege and, like, luck and stuff is that I am lucky enough that I live somewhere where I don't need a car. Like, my mom's a house that she rents is literally a five-minute bike ride away from my apartment. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, super, super nice. And I'm able to, because my mom has a car and is amazingly supportive, like, instead of always having to, like, have things, have, like, supplies from, like, Alpha Fired Arts delivered to the studio and having to pay those shipping fees, like, Mm. we'll, when we're, like, running errands together, we'll, like, go out to Alpha and, like, pick some stuff up. So that, like, helps saves on some of the fees and some of the things where having a car would be more necessary. That being said, I do need to, I will probably in the next few years need to more seriously look at getting a car because I want to do more conventions that could potentially be a little farther away. Like at this point, like going to San Jose for Fanime, if I'm selling there, that's, that's kind of a lot to like ask of my mom, right? To be like, yeah, mom, can we just like do this whole big trip? So, uh, yeah, but that is actually something else that like, especially when I was still, kind of working part-time at, because let's see, like, and again, some of this information is on my website, but I just feel like it's good to go through. When I first graduated from UC Santa Cruz, I worked part-time jobs, first at an olive oil shop, um, and then at a cafe, and I had some other, like, kind of random other art-related jobs in between, but mostly it was those two. And uh, when I was doing that, like, that was definitely, like, not owning a car and not having to make those payments definitely made it so I didn't have to work as many hours in those part-time jobs. And that allowed me more time to build my, my ceramics career. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, the year that my sister passed away, I got, it's so funny. I was like, oh my God, this like, what is it? You know, misery comes in threes. The three never showed up, which is great. But within like a month, my sister passed away and then I got laid off from my job. Damn. Yeah, it was rough. It oh, was because rough. of COVID? No, 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 not because of, this was like, this was oh, 2016. They, they just didn't like you. This was 2016. They no, hated you. No, they liked me. The bit, so spicy. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, the business, uh, the business was just not doing super great. Right, so they were yeah. like, hey, we gotta, we gotta scale back and, you know, So when that happened, I was lucky enough that my family was like, you know what, this has been a really time. If you want to take some time off, we'll cover like your baseline expenses and you can have some time to grieve and just focus on ceramics. So I was lucky enough to have about a, almost a year where my family fully supported me, which is like crazy lucky. Yeah, of course. It's always good to have a support system. Uh, But as far as like, if you were just alone, it'd be... I would say damn near impossible. Yeah. Realistically. If I didn't mm-hmm. have a house that like my wife and her mother procured before I got my kiln, 
I just would not have a kiln. I would still yeah. be going to a studio. Uh-huh. I would still have to share it with that one. You know that person in the studio. You know. You still have to share it with that one person. Mm. You, you're lucky if you don't know. There's always one person in the studio who's just extra, extra. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay, so we've gone over housing and stuff. Can we talk about like our overall incomes and looking at where our income sources come from? Sure. I do have a question, though. Yeah. We're going on like personal story um, stuff, which I'm fine yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, are we talking about numbers or personal? Because like, if or do you want to do both? Or, like... I I think let's maybe start out with numbers. And again, I know we talked about this a little bit before yeah. we started recording. That like, I'm I'm a bit more okay sharing specific numbers. Yeah. I know that you're less comfortable with that. So basically, just it, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing the numbers for. Let's start with that and yeah. then go to like kind of like personal story yeah, stuff because I, I think give, that's related. So I can give them right now. Okay, so for my personal finances, mm-hmm. luckily for me, uh, the house is kind of like settled. Like I got that handled. So the two thousand in mortgage every month is how much it costs to just stay in the garage. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah, that's yeah. essentially my mm-hmm. overhead. So that essentially covers like the electricity and th- things of that nature, right? But as far as everything else. For the longest time, my jobs have essentially covered the materials that I have. Mm-hmm. So, like, my clay, paid for by my job, my mm-hmm. 9 to 5 job. My glazes, 9 to 5 job. Glaze materials, 9 to 5 job. Mm-hmm. Sponges, 9 to 5 job. The wheel that I bought for $400 seven years ago, 9 to 5 job, right? After I bought all of those things, that's when I started to get Patreon. And some I did it, like, on a whim. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, I like your work. I wish I could support you, but you don't make enough work to buy because I didn't have a store at that point. Mm -hmm. So she was like, can I give you like five bucks a month through this program called Patreon? I signed up for it. Mm. And then one of my other friends was like, you should start a YouTube channel. And I was like, no. And then the Trump thing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, now I'm angry, so I'm going to. And I made the channel, and then people started supporting me through there. And then through that support... I then bought my kiln, which was almost three or four G's. Mm -hmm. And then I had to set up the electricity, which was another G, right? So without them, I wouldn't have anything. As of now, it makes, I want to say about $700 a month from my Patreon. The Patreon? Oh, okay. okay. Which isn't isn't like a a huge, huge amount, but I think I need to tighten it up a little more. Huh. How do you mean? Well, because I offer so many things, and then sometimes I like, I just forget the things. I'm like, oh yeah, level five, I'll do a live cast with you. Every two weeks. And then, like, I have baby problems, and I'm like, so I can't oh, do a live cast. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to offer them things, essentially, that come along the way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm developing glazes right now. I have to make a tier where, like, okay, I'm going to... You're in on the glaze development. At, oh. like, tier five, I'm going to tell you everything about this glaze development. And hopefully that gives you something that most other people don't get. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're a valued patron. Yeah. But that's essentially where my value comes from, for them giving me that 700-whatever dollars okay. every single month. YouTube itself... It depends on the month, but it can vary in between $300 and $500 a month. And that goes into an account which I never touch. Mm. I've just never touched that account. Mm -hmm. Like, Golden One pretty much always is like, do you want to do something with this money? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Put it in a money market. Don't touch it. Yeah. Ever. Wait, so is is it actually invested or is it in like a savings account? It's in a savings account, but they call it a money market. The diff- oh, okay. Yeah, you know the you know the difference. No, right? I don't actually. What's the so like? There's a certain percentage of money they give you every month for having money in your savings account. Mm-hmm. A money market is essentially where you say, "I want to, I want to keep it there for a long time," and they go, "Okay, if you want to keep it, if you really are keeping it there, we'll heighten the percentage." So I think it's like one oh. percent of all of my money every year I get back. Oh, so one percent okay. of like let's say there's fifty thousand dollars in there. Gotcha. One percent of that they put into the account. 
Oh, and then after okay. a certain amount of money, it goes to 2%. So I think after $100,000, it goes to 2% they put back into that account every year. Yeah, it's wild. It's it's kind of it's kind of like investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, really yeah, but just it's, your savings account to a higher. It's safer, yeah, because the thing with investing, and again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we get into like retirement and stuff. But yeah, the thing that's tricky about investing is like that money is not actually yours. Like the stock market could yes. crash and then you're out of luck. A hundred percent. But it does look more attractive to have more money in savings accounts for the people that hold the money at the bank. And mm. I think that I think that's what they're doing. I don't know anything about the, this, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But I will say, I think me having money in my account makes them as a bank look more impressed, impressive to like shareholders and like chairman, mm. people, chair people. So I think what happens is that's like, ooh, look how much money we have. Ooh, mm. we'll give you some pennies if you keep your <laughs> Ooh, look at, oh, and the chairman yeah. are like, oh, you must be doing good. You have so much money. I shall invest more in you. And they're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> we incentivized our people to keep money with us. And that's, they kept it there. And that impressed us. I think that's what happens. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, uh... All I know is they want me to keep money in there and it makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it makes me more money. And then I make in between like two, I'll say an average of like two and 500 every month from teaching my classes. Okay. Because... Every student pays a certain amount of money. I have to split that 50%. Mm -hmm. So in my... 50% goes to the, IMCO. The, yes. Yeah, it just clarifies. And for they us. do advertisement for me and whatnot. That's so it's, nice. And they... Yeah, they're cool. They set up the classes, the glazes. They kind of let me have free reign. Mm -hmm. Like, I donated a two-gallon bucket of pink glaze to them. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead, do it. Nice. Yeah. And I brought, like, some Amico glazes. And they were like, we don't care. Mm -hmm. They were like, you do whatever you want with that glass. And I'm like, oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little power hungry now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, but they essentially, like, every person I get in there is $100 a month for me. Okay. So, like, there were six students this month, so they're going to give me $600. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then next month, we'll figure out how many students there are there. Gotcha. Okay. And that's essentially all my sources of income. It's job, Patreon, YouTube, selling my work is well, another one. Yeah. How much do you actually make from... And if, if you, off the top of your head, if you can break this up, yeah. if not, then just like a lump sum. But I'm curious the difference between like online sales versus in-person sales. Online sales are almost exactly the same amount as in-person sales. Okay. It's just like spread out over a longer period of time? Well, no, it kind of equals out because every single package I ship to you is $10 pretty much in shipping costs. Mm -hmm. So like the packing peanuts, the ran pack, yeah. uh, the, the little ring I put around the cups to make sure it doesn't break. Buying the boxes themselves. I still have some old boxes I need to get rid of, but mm -hmm. like I'm going to buy new boxes soon. Those, of course, cost money to mm -hmm. develop the size. So how much how much do you make from, like approximately from in-person and online sales? Well, so here's the thing. I make about like three from online sales. 3000 But almost A month? Not a month. No, no, no. Oh, okay. It comes in like every four months or so. It depends on whenever I do the upload, okay. right? But like, because I have to pay all the shipping fees and whatnot, and I have to do all the work and the materials that go with it, it still, essentially, there's a middleman that uh, not taxes me, but they take their cut. Right. So I got to pay USPS, and then I got to pay uh, Stripe, which is, they mm -hmm. take a little bit of money every time you buy something from me. Mm -hmm. And then I got to pay for packing materials. So even if I made like $3,000. That's Gross income, not like net income. Right, right. right. So even when I make $3,000, if I make $2,000 at an event, it's still basically the same amount because I'm yeah. paying so much money to ship it to you. Mm -hmm. But paying for the table and showing up and then just handing you the item is a little bit less money realistically depending on how many items I sell. So I would say that selling stuff online and in person are essentially the same amount. Okay. And every time I do it, it's in between about two and $4,000. 
Okay, okay, so... 4000 is like a good... Every, like, four months? Every four months. Okay, so four... It's like $1,000 a month, I guess. Okay, so overall gross income, you make about 12000 a year from your pottery? Like, just selling pottery both in person and online, like, like, like yeah, together? Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Okay. Probably, yeah, which honestly is about half as much as the money that I make at work. My job pays me relatively well, especially because it's been going up, the, the price of minimum wage has been going up. Mm-hmm. So like I get a little more money every year. Yeah. Of course, inflation. But like yeah. because of that, every time I look at a paycheck, I'm like, wow, this pretty much paid me just as much as it would in these two weeks if I sold pottery all day long. Nice. And, if I was, yeah. and I was good at selling pottery. Okay, so you make about, and again, this is just gross income, like pre-taxes. Yeah, okay. So How much do you make from your uh, job as a chef? So let, let's, oh, my job as a chef? Let's bring out the calculator. 21600 There you go. Okay. That's how much, that's, and that's like after taxes. Oh, that's after taxes. Yeah, I take home about like 850 to $800 every two weeks. And that's like after they've taken oh. out the taxes, after they've taken out their share. That's how much I get. Oh, okay, okay. My pay stub says eight fifty on it. I get eight fifty in my hand. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. So, okay, okay. So you make about okay about twenty about twenty four thousand. Yeah, but that's like after taxes and stuff. After taxes and yeah. stuff. And then my so like my pottery job, right? Right. Let's let's just assume I have I've been having my pottery job. Because mm-hmm. I also I kind of want to do like the math of like let's add let's add it all up and see. Yeah. So okay. So let's say I get paid four hundred dollars every month for my uh, pottery teaching job. Okay. And then let's say YouTube pays me $300 every month because that's like the lowest end of what they ever pay me. Okay. $100 every month. Okay, and then let's say Patreon pays me 700 And then from pottery sales... So here's... I would make $1,400 a month if I did not sell pottery right now. That's awesome. Okay. okay. If, so then selling pottery... If I do sell pottery, which happens every four months... About, we estimated about a thousand a month, right? It's about a thousand a month. Okay, yeah. and then your take home from your job is sixteen hundred. You said sixteen hundred a month. Yeah, it's about sixteen hundred a month. Okay, so let's do four thousand. So that's about four thousand a month. Is about forty eight thousand a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's not bad. I think anywhere over forty thousand a year, I, at least I've been told, is like mm-hmm. okay. As a, as a singular person. The, my problem is that it comes in waves. Yeah, well, you're also not a singular person. You're, like, you have a kid and, well, a, yeah. and a partner. Well, I'm not, I'm not a singular person in that, like, I have someone to financially back me up in, in the form of my partner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if I was a singular person with a kid, that would not be the number it is. Y- yeah. Even over $40,000 a year. Yeah. That would not be That would not. And be the honestly, number. again, like, that's the thing that's rough is, like, in California, like, that's still not a lot of money. It it's, sucks, yeah. but that's actually not a lot of money. In Texas, I'd be rich, though. <laughs> yeah, certain parts of Texas, at least. But then I'd have to live in Texas. Then you have to live in, yeah. And then I'd have to, yeah. Then you'd have to live in a state that makes it very difficult to have control over your own body as a person who is capable of reproducing. Do you think I could sneak into a sundown town and they wouldn't say anything? Yeah, you could pass. You think I could pass? Yeah. If I cut my hair real short? Yeah. And I tell my name Zach? Yeah, yeah. You could, you could, you could, you could pass as a Zach. Do you think I can marry one of their daughters and have <laughs> have a kid and when it comes out a little darker than usual they're like oh. what in the hell oh my god because that's how they sound <laughs> <laughs> and by the way no no ultimately no shade on texans it's just i think if you're listening to this you probably know by now that dante and i are pretty liberally aligned they're like overall so it's like we're, we're I'm more liberal black pills yeah 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 so although if you live in a sundown town and you love that shit, 
you. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 f that. Suck on that. No, 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 if you're, and if you don't know what a sundown town is. If you don't know what a sundown town is, you're up. probably in the group of people who don't live in one. Mm-hmm. But also, if you do know what a sundown town is, you're probably either very aware of your own history, or you're just black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the two are a high probability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, so I'll guess I'll go through some of those numbers for myself. So overall, as, as like an estimate, just looking at my like taxes, I make about 25,000 a year. Okay. Like, and that, and that varies. From pottery by itself? No, no, that's, <laughs> that's everything, bro. Oh, everything? That's everything. Well, honestly, mostly because I don't really do a lot. I don't make a lot outside of my income from pottery. I don't really teach. I used to kind of a, a little bit with a, like Verge Center for the Arts, like I taught one class before the pandemic, but most of my income is all pottery sales. Like I have, I make about about 200 a month from, from Patreon, but I don't have a YouTube. I don't really teach. Uh, oh, we forgot to talk about commissions because that's another area where we both oh, make money. Those are almost zero for me. Yeah. I no, haven't taken a commission like two years. I no, just no, started. No, 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 no. We work for uh, oh, you're right. Tea Cozy. Tea Cozy right. counts as, uh, as a commission. But yeah, for the most part, like Tea Cozy is the only folks that I do like commissions for. They keep coming back. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. We're very happy like, that they do. They get what we give them and then th three months later, they're like, can you make more? And yeah, that, and we're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, so since I don't have income coming from YouTube... Most of the income that I make is from is from selling pottery. And I think over the last few years, again, like partially from the pandemic, like again, 25,000 a year, that's like kind of, that's an average. It's probably lower sometimes, honestly, but yeah. during the pandemic, because we got, you know, money from the federal government to kind of like help even some stuff out, I was able to ease off a little bit of how much I made and I was actually able to max out my Roth IRA mm -hmm. uh, for like two years in a row from that which is great but yeah for the most part I think there are ways that I could increase that and I again this is a little bit more kind of to that question of like long-term savings techniques mm -hmm. because 25,000 a year is not enough to live on it's like realistically not, yeah. like I because of my circumstances I don't feel poor yeah. but looking at those numbers I know that's like poor right you like, as a person brings in a low class amount of money right yes right e technically i do too but like i have the backing and family that like has enough wealth to like make me not low class anymore yeah but if yeah. i was a person by myself yeah. well also <laughs> class and income are also kind of different things too yeah which they're, is they're like, related but they're different yes. yeah, yeah yeah well you that's... could be kanye and oh hella money but kanye yeah yeah <laughs> there's a difference yeah even with that money though like i do i have i still have like a ton of family privilege because like my mom has the job at the university she's not I feel kind of weird to say but like she's not necessarily the most we're <laughs> this is not just true for my mom but you're kind of true for everybody but it's like everyone's kind of like one health crisis away from being like well and truly f***ed. oh yeah but my dad like my my dad worked for the senate for like most of his career um or for the good like latter half of his career so it's like financially He's fine. So between my mom and my dad and the really morbid fact that I'm the only sibling or the only child now because my sister passed away and most of my other family is like middle class or like upper middle class, I would say. Mm -hmm. I'm in the weird position where I have a bit more of a safety blanket than a lot of people do. So it's like yeah. this, it's a weird tension because I know that realistically my long-term 
security unless I do something different with my, unless I find another way to like get more income and get like overall more financial stability for things like healthcare and like retirement and stuff. My life is super unstable, but I'm lucky enough that like my partner, you know, again, Cody and I aren't married yet, but it's like, he's got a job at the state. His job is super secure. Like I'll be covered under his healthcare. He ha he'll have a like unofficial retirement plan beyond social security because honestly, yeah. social security may not be around and even as it is now is not enough to fully support people in their retirement age if they're not still working. Because inflation is high, bro. Yeah. They and don't account for inflation. And then they're like, what happened? And we're like, you made everything more expensive, mm -hmm. but you didn't give us more of the expense. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of reasons why we are in this situation, societal, yeah. socially, societally. It's more intricate than I make it sound, but that, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I feel like that is kind of like a large portion of it is what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, there's not there's not enough to keep up with the um, demands of living, especially like in, a, in an expensive state like California. So yeah, so I don't make a lot of money. I feel periodically crippled by the anxiety of being one healthcare crisis away from being well and truly f***ed because I basically saw that happen with my mom when she developed her neurological condition and couldn't work, basically. Like she was able to start like or continue teaching but like she had her whole ass other career as a children's entertainer and then developed a neurological condition that made her not able to do that we lost the house the house that again was going to be that generational wealth yeah to make my life more secure not that it's all about me but like to make our lives and our family lives in general more secure like we lost all that yeah and it's weird because there's like in terms of when i think about how i'm going to have security in my life because it's something that's it's part of the reason I take anti-anxiety and antidepressants is because like life is really unstable and that's coming from someone who has a lot of privilege like I have that family yeah. wealth that's like provides that safety net but anyway all things considered I don't make a lot of money but the security that I have in my life will partially come from my partner which is kind of messed up to say I wish I could I'd like to get to the point where I am more stable on my own. Yo, same though. We kind of f***ed our way up the ladder. Oh my God, you're kind of true. We kind of f***ed our way up the ladder. Oh my God, yeah. Mm -hmm. I for sure did. <gasps> yeah. Mm -hmm. And see, I have the thing, I have the thing where I'm like bringing a dowry in a really weird way. A dowry. But yeah, like, you know, you don't know, you know what a dowry is? Yeah, but doesn't the father usually supply the other guy, it's usually a guy yes. with a dowry just for to, trade of a vagina. Yes, yes. And I sort of have that in like a kind of like a weird reverse way because again, this is like messed up, but like when my dad passes away, which, you know, knock on wood, is not for a very long time, mm. but it's like, I will be able to inherit some of that like familial wealth. So it's like, I don't make a lot of money right now and a lot of stability will ultimately come sort of from Cody as I build Bro. up to that stability. Are you saying you're a goose egg? What's a goose egg? Just waiting to hatch. No. Cody's just waiting I'm, to hatch. Cody's I'm, just waiting to hatch you. And then all of that goose money gonna come at you. You're a golden egg. I, don't, I guess. Oh, I mean, but he he's gonna he's gonna be the one think like- Think he loves you? Yeah, he does. You're a golden egg, Lindsay! <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh my god. I don't think, okay, I don't have that kind of family wealth. I have like middle class family wealth, but yeah. I don't have like proper Not golden goose wealth. Private island. Not, yeah, no, wealth. god no. No, no, no. So it's like, it's weird though, man, because it's like. I think this is a millennial problem. <sighs> yeah. Because I, I, like the previous generation at least had leftover wealth from the boomers who had a lot of wealth in the, in the, like in the positive items, yeah, you know, and then like the Gen Xers. By the way, Gen Xers, stop it. 
<laughs> we get it. You drank from the hose and went outside. Stop messaging me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like, we were the cool generation. Oh I'm like, I get it. You want to be hippies, but you weren't hippies. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also, you want to play video games with us, but you don't know how to play. I get it. You're in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> my mom won't shove up into Gen Xers. That's so funny. Yeah, I, and Gen Xers clearly had like a little bit left over. Mm-hmm. But like millennials are, millennials and Gen Z are truly like, I don't. It's not that I don't bring value to the table. It's that value isn't there to be acquired anymore because it was gotten by all the, uh, by my predecessors. And so like, yeah, like remember that, where, where'd we go, Francica? Right. Uh, in Cincinnati? I kept on saying these houses are super nice. Oh yeah. But they look like they were left over by people who had money and understood how to take care of a house and had the infrastructure and people to take care mm-hmm. of a nice house like that. Yeah. And then they just gave them to like millennials. <laughs> and they were like, we don't know how to take care of this. I feel like it's less we don't know how, more like we don't have the resources. That's a, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And it's but they were they were like bigger than my house. Damn. They were like two and three stories. We, the one we stayed in was damn near a mansion. That place was really nice. It had a pool table in its second kitchen. Yeah. Like it was insane. And but it was just like the people who actually lived in them. You're like, you're not taking care of that house. That house is dilapidated. It was so strange to me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel generationally is that like, I have enough work ethic and value to bring something to the table, but there's not enough value to pick up and put anywhere. Yeah. Like, how am I going to rebuild my house when the cost of wood is so expensive? Mm-hmm. I want to build a second story in my house. It costs more than making a new house. It's yeah, wild. That's crazy. It's an insane amount of money to like build a second story. Yeah. And it, most of us are renters and it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying I, to make this a generational thing. No, no, I mean, I think it's it, true. it is. Like, I, I think there there is there is the wider economic picture to look at for sure. Like we are microcosms of it, but it's, yeah. it's a part of it. And like, I also feel the weird thing of like, I remember when I was in, I don't know, like high school and like early college years where... I would go to artists that I would see like at pop-ups and stuff. And I, you know, I'd ask her, I was like, oh, like, how do you, how do you have, how are you able to make the money that you do? Like, how are you able to make a living? Right. And basically all of them said that their partner provides the stable income. Yeah. And it's been interesting because for a really long time, I really put a lot of value on bucking that trend. Like I wanted to be the artist who could do it completely by themselves. Yeah. But at the same time now it's like, well, realistically, like when okay, so for instance, my family, my my uncle is like an award-winning composer. Like he's worked with like National Geographic, mm-hmm. like with the, you know, big organizations in San Francisco. Like he's he's amazing, right? He's done amazing work. And his health insurance comes from his wife. So it's like it's weird because I feel like I'm wrestling with this thing of like like the gender thing of like, oh, I I am afraid of being that stereotypical like wife who just does pottery on the side and the, my right. husband brings in all the money. That is a stereotype, you know? yeah. But it's also like I'm looking at why I have that negative association anyway and why that, like, I don't know. It's like because that stereotype is something that I judge really harshly and I don't think it... I think there's more to that picture than how I first judged, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but... it makes sense, but there's there's definitely a, and I know I hearken on this all the time, but there's definitely a historical reason why a certain type of person is known for being within a certain type of sector. Like, if you took some type of sample size of a thousand potters and you put them all in the room, it's going to skew towards one way or the other. And there's mm-hmm. there's a very clear historical reason as to why it stereotypically is that way. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to be nice about it, but I feel like you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. No, no, yeah. I mean, I think, like, I think in particular, 
my biggest association with that is like economic privilege. Yes. And a lot of that economic privilege is really closely tied in with uh, racial privilege. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so. yeah, I can agree to that. And on top of that, it's who just kind of had more time, if that makes sense. Like the big, the biggest gatekeepers of pottery in and of themselves are space, time, money. Yeah. And whichever group has those in plethora, even though we all feel like we don't have enough, mm-hmm. but clearly some groups have more than others. Whoever has the majority of that has the ability to express themselves uh, physically, emotionally, even financially. And because of that, there's there's a group of people who essentially like, I have enough time to just try out pottery. Yeah. I have an extra five G's laying around to buy a new wheel and a new mm-hmm. this and some glazes and a seat and some shelves. And I just try it out. And yeah. I love you guys. I love them so much. Mm. You know why I love them, Lindsay? Why? Because when they give up in three months... <laughs> When they give up in three months because they figure out it's hard uh, and you can't just buy all your problems away, I come in there and I swoop that kiln uh, up, baby. Mm, I swoop that kiln up. I swoop that wheel up. Mm, uh, you're mad at me right now. You're mad at me I right now, it. but tell me oh my God. that kiln ain't unused for two months in oh your garage right now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it be your own. I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh but I, I get the idealism of being a mountain unto itself in, yeah. in which... You're like you're so stable. If your safety net left, you'd be like, I'd still be okay. You'd still be okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's a realistic picture because we're very social animals and we need yeah. a safety net in order to feel some, some sense of comfort. Yeah. And like the hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that triangle, the hierarchy. Yes. Of needs, yeah. Yeah. Right? It has to do with uh, like having. It's like what health, shelter. Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. There's like five. It's like food, five, physical touch. Yeah. It's I, something. I I feel like I could look it up right now, but that'd be cheating. But like, yeah, there's things you. I think need it's be- it's Maslow's, right? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I, I believe think. so. Okay, I am gonna look it up, even if it's. Cheating. I always want to say Mavlovs, <laughs> but I feel like I'm mixing the word Pavlov and Maslow. Uh, okay, Maslow hierarchy of needs. This is from CanadaCollege.edu. Says from the bottom of the hierarchy up upwards, the needs are. Okay, these are your physiological needs like food, air, water, shelter, sleep clothing and reproduction then there are Damn, that's on the bottom level that's wild no no bottom level meaning like this is like the foundation yeah that's what i'm saying that's yeah. like that's like stuff you need before you do the other stuff probably. yes yes and then so those are uh physiological needs you then heard it first folks clapping cheeks is before the other stuff oh my god <laughs> then there's safety needs which includes personal security employment resources health and property then there's love and belonging which is friendship intimacy family, sense of connection, then esteem, which is uh, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then at the top is self-actualization, which is the desire to become the most that one can be. So Damn. if you- Level so, five is crazy. Level five is basically being enlightened. <laughs> Dude, no, level five is like, have, or that top level is, which yeah, level five, is like, ideally that's where everybody should be able to be because it's like if we had the- if we had those kinds of social safety nets so that you didn't have to essentially be a wage slave, yes. then like society would be better. People would be happier, like overall things. But, but again, this is just... What's crazy is I feel like that, that pyramid is mixed for a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like the bottom level, we'll call it level one... It should be base. Should yeah. be base. And that's like, those are physiological needs. If it, everyone should have those, right? Yeah. But I feel like number two and three and four are a little switched for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, Esteem and love and belonging? Well, I, well, 
with level two. So, so it's physiological needs and then safety needs. Safety needs includes personal security, employment, resources, health, and property. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people can find level three, try and get level three, which is the community and the feel, feeling of belonging. Yeah. Like on the internet. <laughs> like Sure, yeah. Like online communities. Literally. Yeah, yeah. And then like number two, I could skip number two. Well, no, because number two includes like when it says health. I could skip number property. Two. I could skip you have two. property. I have property, but I used to not have that. But I tell you what, I do yeah. got a Discord channel, <laughs> and they make me feel yeah. good whether or yeah. not I have a house. Yes, no, 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 for sure. <laughs> it's not like this. This this thing isn't yeah. like you can't have a. You, you can't have B without A. You just. But need it's it. like yeah. yeah, the tears of yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So now that we've fully established that late stage capitalism is a nightmare, let's talk about healthcare. So you want to go okay. over again what you would just to kind of like clarify and remind our listeners like how we how we dealt or how you deal with healthcare. I get my healthcare through Covered California because my job started charging me a little too much for healthcare. They like double, they damn near doubled it. Mm-hmm. So me and my buddy at work, his name's Andrew, great guy. He told me one day he was like, you know, how much do you make a day from working here? And I told him, and he's like, theoretically. You could just take a day off of work and make pottery and do videos instead, or like teach pottery classes, mm -hmm. and you would make more money not working for that day if you got covered California. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, did the math and I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. I was like, I could get paid for working one less day uh -huh. and still get the same health coverage. Yeah. And so that's what I do now. I have covered California. I take a day off to teach pottery classes. Do you have, are you under Medi-Cal or are you under I'm like- I'm under Medi-Cal. Because Medicare is a different thing, I think. Yeah, so Medi-Cal, Medi because I'm on, I'm on Medi-Cal, and Medi-Cal is essentially like <laughs> poor people insurance, yes. health insurance. So it's you, you're, you are no longer eligible for Medi-Cal if you're at a certain income level. Yeah. Because covered California, essentially, my understanding is that it allows you to get government subsidized health care, but like some people still have to pay for it, right? Um, yeah. Like, like if your income is above a certain level, you have to pay for... Well, I pay like 20 bucks a month for it. Oh, okay. So okay. I still pay for it. Yeah. It's just, and that $20 is made up. Any lawyers who are trying to snipe me right now, that $20 is made I don't know how much I actually pay. But I do pay for Covered California. Okay. But I it's not like... It free. But it's, so it's not like hundreds of It's not 140 yeah. bucks a paycheck. That's yeah. for damn sure. The awful thing is that I needed to get health insurance for me, my wife, and my baby, my stay-at-home mm -hmm. wife. And I was like, how much is that? And it was like $400 a paycheck. And I was like, that's half my damn paycheck. And they're like, Dang. well, we're covering three people. And yeah. one's a baby. Yeah. And you you are not healthy. And I was like, okay, all right. So <laughs> what, Yeah. What are <laughs> <laughs> he sees me drinking two Red Bulls at once and mixing it with pre-workout. He's like, you are dying soon. <laughs> so insuring you is expensive. Okay. So, so you pay, so you do pay some. I pay some, but it's not anywhere okay. near. It's damn near free. Okay. And under Medi-Cal, you are able to get that coverage for yourself, yeah. your what, able and, and your, your young man. Well, I just got, personally, this is, this doesn't apply to anybody anymore, but I got into a program where they basically said, if you have a kid, you have a special exemption because we're clearly going to give a baby healthcare. You need yeah, healthcare yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the state of California, we're not going to leave our citizens like that. And you clearly need health care to take care of the baby. Mm -hmm. So you all get health care. And I was like, oh, they're like, you still got to pay underneath the normal rules. Mm -hmm. We're just letting you into an old system because you have a child. Nice. Okay. And I had to jump through a bunch of hoops to do that. Oh. But like, it was worth it because now we're all covered. Nice. I think every year I have to like re-up. 
Yeah. And I think it stops once she's 18, but I'm not sure. Okay. When okay. they're adults, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I pay towards my health care is in my taxes. So, yeah. But in terms of like a separate fee specifically for health care, I don't pay anything. I don't pay a copay. And it's awesome because when I got my tubes tied, mm -hmm. uh, all of that was covered under my insurance. You got yours tied? Well, no. I mean, they call it getting your tubes tied. Technically, it was a... It was a uh, endoscopic bilateral salpingectomy. You got yours tied. I got mine cut. I think what they did is they took mine out. No, they took mine out too. But then they tied yours? No. At the end? No. They didn't tie yours? No. They just like, cut them? They cut out and they removed the whole thing. Also... And they soldered them. Yeah. They soldered mine too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So... I will probably, once Cody and I get married, I will most likely get onto his healthcare plan because I would like to establish a like long-term relationship with a doctor. Cause right now it's like, it's like I, my healthcare, like my primary care physician is like a physician's assistant. He's not, not like a doctor doctor. So it would be nice to have a long, to be able to develop a long-term relationship with a doctor for my life through healthcare that is not going to change, you know? So, but again, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. My doctor um, also, I picked my doctor and whenever I go, I'm like, I want, I want this doctor. Yeah. Cause the other doctors are always like, how's your home life? Are you stressed? Are you depressed? Uh, no, 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 no. My, my doctor's like, you're lifting weights wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you know? He goes, your back looks up. Oh. And I'm like, oh, he goes, deadlifting, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, oh, he lifts weights too. And nice. So he's just like, do it right. And huh? Like, okay. He goes, you still having trouble sleeping? I was like, yeah, but I have a baby, so it's not like I can sleep through the night anyway. He goes, uh -huh. okay, so you don't need sleeping pills. I'm like, no. He goes, do you want to lose weight? And I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, well, eat more vegetables and move more. <gasps> like, eat yeah. less, move more. Yeah. And I go, okay. And then he, like, smacks me on the butt and I get out of there. <laughs> like, Love it. Love like, it. <laughs> yeah. The other ones are like, do you need orthopedics? Oh. Does your left arm still hurt? Uh, uh, left arm? That's some heart attack shit right there. No, it's it's the joint in the left arm. Yeah, no, it's old I, man shit. It's not, I yeah. I know, I'm just... I got rid of the other thing that causes yeah. heart attacks. That's, that's good. That's gone. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's healthcare. That's okay. What are the two um, So the two things that we have left to cover are retirement and then our savings techniques. And they're kind of mixed, to be honest. So what's your approach to planning for retirement? I don't have those. Tell me yours. You do? I don't have those. You do. Die young. We dog. were literally... <laughs> We were talking about uh, Roth IRAs. So, okay, I guess I'll go through mine oh. and then I'll ask you more about yours. Oh, but, I so, do have a Roth. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So my, okay, so I have two ways essentially of thinking about retirement. Okay. Overall, I don't feel like they're enough because it's terrifying. So. Because inflation. Because inflation. Yeah. So on one hand, again, assuming my partner and I get married, like his job, because he works for the state, provides a pretty good retirement, all things considered. Also, Social Security is still oh, mostly Wob functioning. Wobbly. Yeah. So my primary way that I'm planning for retirement right now is by setting up a Roth IRA. And again, there's like different ways of managing, like, because there's a regular IRA, then there's the Roth IRA, which is basically you get taxed before you put your money in. Yes. Um, so when you pull that out later you you are not taxed on that money. And it's essentially, you put the money in the account, you invest that money, and then ideally, over time, things grow, you get the returns on investment, basically, and, but the thing... <laughs> I have that one. 
Okay, so you have a Roth IRA as well. Yeah, yeah. But my job matches the so it's it's a Roth IRA, a matching Roth IRA. Okay, yeah. and have you, does your job choose where that how that money gets invested? As far as I know, they just keep it for me. I don't know anything beyond that. They pretty much said we're gonna put eighty bucks in there a month as long as you put eighty bucks in there a month. Okay, that still sounds like a four hundred one k to me, dude. Maybe. I think that might be a 401k. I'm I'm so sure they call it a Roth IRA, but if I went up to her tomorrow and she was like, no, stupid. It's a 401k. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? I have money in my name somewhere, so f*** it. Okay. Well, it might... Okay, so it might be worth double checking on that because the thing that... Okay, and again, this is coming from a, a background where like my dad got his like master's degree in economics, so mm -hmm. he's obsessed with this s***. Mm -hmm. And he has mostly been the one educating me about like investment and there's still a lot that I don't know and I'm very much a beginner on this stuff but mm -hmm. it would be worth looking at whether you have the Roth hour or the 401k like it's good that that your employer is matching yeah but from what I understand sometimes it is better if you manage the investment as opposed to your employer yeah just because of like where you invest and what kind of potential returns you could get. And I'm not necessarily talking about like day trading, yeah. but it's like the whole idea of like, do you invest in the uh, S&P 500 or do you invest in like Apple and Google and Netflix and you know, mm. all these all, all these other things. So when I'm looking at like long-term retirement plans, yeah. that's something that I want to learn more about. Mm -hmm. But in general, like that's kind of my primary plan for retirement. But the thing that still like bothers me about that is that like, because you can only put a max of, I think, about $6,000 a year into your Roth IRA. There's a max, yeah. Yeah. So knowing that, it's kind of like at what, like, even if even if I were to get to, because right now I have, what is it? I have about $30,000 in my Roth IRA. It, like, between my Roth IRA and then my personal investments account, which is, like, separate from my Roth IRA. It's like 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I've got about 30000 in mine, but I'm kind of like, how do I get to the point where the money that I'm able to get when I'm at a retirement age is enough for me to live comfortably. Oh, I because see. Because even if I got, you know, 100,000 or 200,000 or 300,000, 500,000, yeah. like how many years, if I stop working when I'm, what is the retirement age now? 65 and a half or something? 66? For the sake of argument, let's say it's 69. 60, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so like... How much, how am I going to be able to get the amount of money that I need to live 20 years yeah. without working outside And of pass that? it down to whoever you need to, like the thing I, I, I worry be, about is like giving it to Astrid. Yes, that's, because you know that's I mean? a whole other thing that, because again, that's I'm not, I don't, I don't have kids and I'm not planning on having kids. So how, so tell me how you and Abel, because Abel has retirement or is going to have retirement when she starts working again, right? Yeah. No, I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad sooner or later. So I'm just going to be a full-time potter in like a mm -hmm. year and a half. Nice. Yeah, Abel's like, I'm going to go back to work and yeah. you're going to be a stay-at-home yeah. dad. And I'm like, I will. Hell yeah. It's clean. It's clean. <laughs> Whole house is going to be clean. I believe it. Me and the baby are going to clean for an hour a day. Yep. And then we're going to go to the park and we're going to slap a squirrel around. <laughs> Don't slap squirrels. That's mean. So one, one last thing I guess that I'll say too, this is just kind of in general talking about like familial privilege as well that kind of has to do with retirement is that like I have both my mom and my dad privileged white people worked in white collar jobs basically and are made enough to be able to provide generational wealth to me when they pass which again which is important hopefully not for a very long time because yeah. I would much rather have my parents around than money 
but that is like a kind of a, like an element to that. So you from Abel's family, you guys have some of that privilege as well. And then you were talking about having Abel has a worrying lot more how to, to do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you think about how to like pass that down to Abel or to a Astrid, you doubt it. I mean, I just, I just, you know, I have like a a list, and like Astrid's at the top of that list. So yeah. like, I gotta burn someone's house down. <laughs> To make sure my kid stays alive and healthy, yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sounds about right. Shouldn't have lived that long. <laughs> like I get like and so in that same aspect, it's like like I don't like being I I'm not on board with the mentality of as long as it makes money do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at least I'm not fully on board with that mentality. Sure, yeah. Um because I was talking to you earlier about it and I was like, Yeah, I mean, with aspects to the art world, I suppose, but like I do have to admit that that's further, it's a slippery slope argument, but further down the line, like, that's how our oppressors think. Yeah. You know, like, as long as it makes money, do it. Yeah. I don't care at what cost it makes me money. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Just do it. Yeah. And so I can't get fully behind the motto of like, well, as long as it makes money, f*** it, man. I can't, because like, <laughs> that's how the bad guys think. Um, but they're at a different level than we are. Yeah. But they did start out at our level at some point. So we do have to keep that in mind. Yes. No, that's, that's true. Like, you know, and I know it is a slippery slope argument, and those are those are automatically fallacious. But I also don't want to live in a world where I also don't want to admit I don't live in a world where like that has and does happen all the time. Yeah, the slippery slope often becomes true if you let it slip enough. Mm. So I do want to hand my daughter down a large enough amount of money, keep her knowledgeable enough about work ethic and how to work her environment enough to keep her safe and happy and healthy. But it's hard to toe the line in between that and be like whatever it takes you know like yeah whatever makes money i'm doing it yeah you know? and so i feel like my daughter is very much the grease to that wheel because when my daughter's involved i'm like yeah whoever's gotta die whoever's gotta die dies <laughs> yeah sorry yeah. bro <laughs> you know like, yeah whatever happens happens it ain't mine i don't care yeah but yeah. outside of that realm uh, I'm I'm just keeping myself circumscribed within like a certain line in order to make sure that I make enough money to pass down to my daughter. Yeah. And if that's through pottery or overworking myself or doing Patreon mm. or YouTube or anything like that, like that's that's what I'm doing right now. So yeah. Almost yeah. all the income that I'm making right now, I'm either putting away or spending on like bills. Yeah. Essentially, there's there's no in between. I don't I don't go on vacations. I don't I. You get that boba though. We I get, do get that boba. We, yeah. we get we get that meat, but those are like normal levels of like barely normal. I barely normal. They're very. It's a lot of boba. <laughs> it's a lot of boba. Actually, in a past life, I was the president of a whole nation, and the way they took me down is by poisoning my boba. Actually. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the easiest way to kill me. Mm-hmm. Knives didn't work. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that our our listeners have found this helpful. You know, I mean, I think it's a little difficult talking about this stuff because it is kind of grim to some degree like talking about how unstable a lot of things are and how it is it's difficult to it's difficult to piece your world together in a way as an artist if you're working full-time so that you're you're keeping yourself safe and I often vacillate between like encouraging people to yeah like get into the arts there's ways to make money in the arts there's ways to do it and also reconcile that with the fact that we are in a economic and social structure that does not provide a lot of safety if things go wrong. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's difficult, but I, I hope that by hearing this, like, 
the main thing that I wanted to do in kind of covering all of this is like, if you're someone who is thinking about doing art full time, or you're just like wondering like, how do people do it? Like, it's not just about, oh, I use my bullet journal every day or yeah, I not. plan things really well. It's like, no, there's a, there's a lot of different things that go into it. And for me personally, like I still struggle really often with figuring out how I'm going to be safe and secure long term. And, uh, and I'm figuring out the best I can. And I'm like, again, I'm lucky enough to have that safety blanket, um, or safety net rather and a safety blanket that I, I'm able to take the time to explore those options and not have to just work myself to death all the time. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of, I, that was my approach to, to this episode. And I, I hope that people found it helpful. Yeah. I think if I were to paint a very broad brush stroke, the only real thing that we're doing here is we're trying to buy us and our loved ones and to some extent the human race time hmm. but it's getting real expensive <laughs> yeah time is an ever inflating <laughs> item yeah on the market and i'm just trying to make enough money to buy myself enough time to buy my kids more time to mm-hmm. buy my friends and family more time mm-hmm. and i you know that's why i'm not very into like the the like expensive thing like i, I don't have nice things mm-hmm. but i don't have nice things because i'm trying to make sure the people around me have nice things mm, yeah well because you got a house also that's one very big nice thing yeah like also at some level and i know this is far off but like if you have enough things you start to realize your things own you you don't own your things mm. if that makes sense if you buy a car, the car takes maintenance, but you don't have that issue. You don't have car maintenance. Right, right. Because you don't have a car. Mm-hmm. But if you had a car, you'd have money for car maintenance. Yeah, And if yeah. you didn't, you wouldn't have a good car. Yeah, you'd have yeah. a broken down car. So every single thing that I get or I buy, I want to be very low maintenance, and that kind of comes into the cost of my studio. Yeah. My kiln, my wheel, they're going to take maintenance. And if I had multiple kilns, it's multiple maintenance. And it's mm-hmm. if one breaks down, I use the other one. But if that one breaks down, it's I have to replace those. And, mm-hmm. You know, your things own you if you don't know or understand how to work them properly or take care of them. And you're either going to spend a gob of money having someone else take care of them, or you're going to have a knowledge base to be, like we were talking earlier, like a mountain on its own. Just kind of like, I'm stable on my own, thank you. Yeah. And it's that takes a lot of time, which you have to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Which you have to buy more of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. That was hard. And scene. Kill plug before we go. Okay. You uh, you first. Uh. I freaked her out real quick. I like <laughs> big butts and I cannot lie. You know what? That motherfuckers can deny when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face. We meet patriarchy. The people in the big butts video didn't even have big butts. Uh, Compared it. to what we got now, mm, yeah, them were true. normal people. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, kill plug. Um, kill plug. Kill plug. Kill plug. Sorry, I literally couldn't think of anything for a second. By the time you're listening to this, my spooky season Halloween shop update will have gone live. So head over to lindsaymdillon.com to see what I have. And if you missed the early access, or if you missed even hearing about this, uh, then sign up for my newsletter because sometimes when I am desperately running out of time and I don't advertise things on my social media, I will always send out a newsletter to let people know when updates are happening. And I may not always do this, but for this particular update, I did a like an early access thing. So newsletter subscribers got access to the shop a day before 
because it was Friday the 13th in October. Like, I had to do something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so so have a look, and uh, that's, that's my most recent Kiln Plug. My shop update went live about five days ago. Mm -hmm. I feel really bad because I told everybody that it was going to be on October 1st. Oh, yeah. And then I got like 50 people who visited the website. <gasps> it tells me like 50 people visited your website. Oh, no. And I think they saw you... there's nothing up there. Oh, it hadn't gone up yet? No, because I <gasps> I told everybody on Facebook and Instagram that we're going to let it breathe for a couple days. Oh, Because the person okay. who was helping me do the website was going through some stuff. Gotcha. And she was oh, like, okay. I just need like a day or two, please. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not cold hearted, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, of um, course. Yeah, things change. But, but yeah, I had I, by that time, I think the, epi or the previous yes. podcast episode that said that the update was going to be on the first had gone up so anyway yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah. but my patrons definitely got first pick already nice uh but for everyone else who visited and was like it's gone it's not gone it was just a day or so late mm. um and it is now live and that is going to be the holiday sale so everything has a little bit of money taken off i know Lindsay hates it but it's a little, it's a little bit taken off uh, it's a tiny bit taken off uh, well, nothing's over 60 so, unless it's like a set of stuff so this is your, uh, your this is your update that's not only for like halloween but also for all of the winter holidays yeah i'm not you're not uh, gonna be i'm not doing halloween this oh is, well, right right yeah. right right this is for like october the next month in December. I forgot that month. November. Thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> December. And then on yeah. January, we're go we're probably going to do another one. I'm already working on that. Oh, okay. But okay. But you're... If you're listening so, to this now, my store update is live. Okay. So if people want to buy, like, Christmas gifts... Yes. You, like, now is the time to buy it because you're not going to be adding anything new to the store between now and Christmas? Essentially, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I did more items than usual. So nice. They are, I did like 50 and usually I do like 30 or 40 at a time. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, on yeah. top of that, you and I are both going to be at ClayCon West. Yes, and that is in January. We have to buy the tickets for it. Right after, today. After we, yeah. after we record yeah. this. Yeah. We're, We're also going to Sack Anime. We're going to Sack Anime. Not together, but together. Yes. And we'll both be there. Yes. Hunt me down. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have a little treat for you, mm -hmm. maybe. And that is in the first weekend in January, January 5th, 6th, and 7th. Church, true. And, uh, oh, I forgot. I'm going to be doing, like, a separate, like, December update, probably in the first or second weekend in December, so keep an eye out on that. Mm -hmm. And let me know, dear listeners, if you want a made-to-order update, because... To be honest, they're kind of a hassle to do, and I wasn't planning on doing one. And if you don't know what they are, it's essentially... It's my way to be like, okay, out of all the designs that I've made, you can design, or you can have a specific mug made choosing from the options I of designs I've already made. So you can, for instance, like have a, you could ask for a Stein shape with a alien face hugger design on it in the red glaze, right? So you can, you can order that. I was originally not gonna do that update because again, it's like balancing that with a regular holiday update and then a, the sack anime update was kind of a lot, but if you have a very specific design that you are wanting to order and you don't wanna take the, chance anyway let me know if it's really important to you to make a made to order or to have a made to order update available because i'm deciding on whether i'm gonna have one and i'm leaning towards not but if people really want one and i will listen to you so let me know i'm not doing that okay that's fine that's yeah fine. i'm not no that's sorry fine. yeah i'm sorry i i want to offer a made to update for you mm -hmm. I, I do but like no. We only got so much time. We only got so much time. We only got, have, have so many spoons. And Amico just ran out of their ancient copper. <gasps> and I'm trying to go on my Discord and get a bunch of people to help me redevelop it. Ooh. We have a couple recipes up there. If you want to be part of that, go ahead. I think I'm going to make a new title on Discord of like Glaze Tester. Ooh, and that's make fun. them their own Glaze, glaze Tester room. Mm. So we can all get together and be like, all right, here's what we're doing. 
if anybody wants to test this in their kill mode, go ahead yeah, and we fun. can just like a little like a little tiny glazy group. You yeah. know what I mean? Take like pictures mini, and whatnot. Yeah, but um, I'm not gonna stop my glaze development to do a made to order to do a made to order. That's very fair. Not that's happening. very fair. That's very fair. You pick yeah. one. You want ancient copper back, or do you want another mug? <laughs> All right, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All okay. Right. Then. All right. All right. <laughs> go clean right. your room. Yeah. Go clean your room. And your wheel. Bring in the dog and put out the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk back. I feel like you know so many songs I don't know. I know so many songs. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Mud Peddlers. We would love to hear from you, so if you want to share your thoughts about the episodes or just see what Dante and I are working on in our studios, come say hi. You can find links to my social media at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And you can visit my pottery shop or see what I'm working on at earthnationceramics.com. And you can find me all over social media at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. And if you want to support the show, hear some bonus episodes, and see some behind the scenes of my work, you can support me and the show at patreon.com slash Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.